Hi, and welcome to Tennis Volley Talk episode 17 with Brian Danielson. And I have an in-house guest today is one of my best friends, uh, Matt Creasel. Uh, he's been playing tennis for many years, uh, grew up in a small town here in uh, Minnesota. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I'm going to kind of, you know, take it from here and He'll kind of give you a story of how he grew up playing tennis and what got him started, and and uh, we'll kind of take it from here, and uh, we'll you know see what see what uh, see what he has to say uh, and everything about that. So welcome to the show, Matt, and it's a pleasure having you here with me today. Right, thank you, Brian. So anyway, how how did you even first start getting into tennis? Did you always have a, a sports background or 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 did it just kind of happen that you know you found found it and oh I like this game or whatever right yeah no my my parents where I grew up in Buffalo City they were they highly encouraged me to try several different sports whether it's baseball or tennis or skiing or basketball like I tried a lot of different sports so one one time when I was probably around ten, my mom, she she talked to one of the local coaches of one of the teams in Winona, Minnesota, and arranged for her to come and teach a couple of weekends with me and probably six to eight friends, and so we all learned tennis at the same time, and then we'd you know play for fun in the summer, mm-hmm. and eventually I'd. I'd play some with my dad, some of his friends or connections he had through work or friends of friends. Yeah. And, and kind of similar to uh, what I grew up with, because when I grew up in Tulsa, it was kind of the local high school courts and what I grew up with. Right. And and I kind of got the, I, I got kind of under the wing of the old guys at the tennis court, uh, not the young kids that I grew up with and playing. There were a few and a few of the uh, kids that I knew that played tennis that were my age, but we played with the old guys at the tennis court that kind of took us under their wing to, to play. And there was four courts, but we played on white cement and chain link fences and, and yellow painted lines on the court. So, so they were fast. So you had to learn how to have the timing on the courts at that time. But uh, yeah, that was always a fun experience to be able to do uh, in that respect. So, right, right. so did you did you have anybody that was your nemesis back then? Whenever you were trying to play, or did you play with some of the old guys, or um, or back in the day? Yeah, I might not. I had. I mean, I, I learned to play with my friends, and then as as I'd play in with my dad's, like. Like there were a few people that were better than me. I wasn't the best one, but <laughs> there were back then. <laughs> right, right, yeah. You're never the best when you first when you first learn to play. Um, and then as a kid, I did like a summer camp with with uh, other tennis players in Winona, Minnesota, and there were some good players there. And so, like. Um, yeah, so that was with players at Cotter in Winona, Minnesota, and 
So now was Winona that far from Buffalo City? Or? It was about 30 minutes. Okay, so then you didn't have to go that far to be able to be on the court and playing with other people then at that time. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so I'd get better doing a camp there and and then like the next year maybe I'd do a, a tournament or something and and play against those players too. Mm -hmm. okay. And and there were like every there there similar players to me where like they get a lot get the ball back a lot and you'd have a lot of volleys and well yeah and and back then you just you kind of learned you learned to be consistent back then with right, everybody right. back in the day. Uh, you, you didn't try to go for power because you were not that good, but yet you, well, okay, I'm just going to get the ball back and just let them make the mistake. Right. And that's kind of probably how your game kind of formed with, with how you hit the ball today to this day and right. just getting the ball back and just being consistent right. all the way around and with, actually, with your game. And actually like my first racket was probably, it was a racquetball racket, so it's smaller okay. than a tennis racket. Oh, okay. So, so I'd have a little better control, and I could learn to hit spin. Oh yeah. Oh, that's where you got all your nice spins that right. you have today, right? Right. So, like, <laughs> I'd have a good forehand, like underspin slice shot that I learned as a kid. Mm -hmm. I'm still, and I'd be good with that as an adult too. Oh sure, absolutely. And and the one thing that's surprising with me with your game too is that you're you're appendectious with what you do. You can right. hit just you can hit good with the right hand, which you are right-handed mostly. Right. But boy, if you're pulled out of position or anything, you can hit just equally as good of a lob or a cross-court shot with your left hand too. Right. Right. So was that kind of within your realm back then, or did it just kind of come to you at the time when you were growing up and you just go oh, out of necessity i'll try to do the left hand right yeah no i i learned to hit some with the left hand later on like probably in my 20s i played a little racquetball and you could use the left like get, get your like if you're close to the wall like mm -hmm. I, I had trouble hitting a, a right hand backhand so i'd get my arm close to the wall and just hit, learn to hit it. Okay. You learned to hit it close to the close with your left hand from the wall then. Too. Right. So I learned a little on racquetball and mm -hmm. then as I played more tennis, then I'd kind of self teach myself to do a little bit more. Oh, sure. Sure. Absolutely. So now from Buffalo, did you then move to the twin cities then from there or did you go someplace else? Or? Yeah. So after high school, I Went to college at UW Stout and then moved up to the Twin Cities. Okay. Okay. After college and oh, I've sure. been in the Twin Cities since 2002. 2002. Okay. Uh, it's been a long time then. Uh, right. So now, as as you were, as you were, as we were uh, coercing back and forth on text and stuff, you were saying that your college then had a lot of people that were in the College Hall of Fame too even with baseball, football, tennis, and all that, which was kind of nice to be recognized right. for accomplishments in their sport uh, right. at the time, too, which is always really nice of a college to be able to do. Of course, being probably a smaller college, that's probably why they did that uh, at the time. Right, yeah. So that was like, um, like it wasn't college, actually, but like when I was in my say when I was 12, I played the summer camp at Winona 
and some of the other players that I've played with there, they later on won state in 1999. So that's Cotter High School. Oh, okay. Cotter High School. And, okay. High school back then. Yeah. So so those same players that I played with, they they were good in their high school career. So okay. So it was fun knowing that I could play just as well as they just as well as what they were doing at the time. Right. And right. stuff. And then then the high school is the one that really actually recognized them then, right? Right. As right. far as the Hall of Famers in the right. high school. Right. Which is always really good in the high school because so many high schools or where I grew up in Oklahoma, so many bit so many people in the high school, they just you know, they didn't really recognize everybody that was, you know, as right. far as the Hall of Famer or whatever from high school. Right. So, but yeah, that that's really nice to be able to have that recognition with with people that, uh, and even from a high school at that time, right. uh, yeah. back in the day. And then one of the tournaments too that I played when I was twelve, I in the I made the final, and in that match I played against a kid that later. Played for the Gophers. Oh, really? Oh, good for that. But, but, but I, I, gave, I came within one point of beating him. Ah, oh, but I couldn't. Couldn't put it together quite. Right, right. And that stuck with you for so many years already. Right. No, I, I remember. <laughs> Everybody remembers those close matches. Right, right. <laughs> so did it go one, two, three sets, or? Yeah, I was, I was ahead six five forty love in the third set. Oh my gosh! Oh. But and then, then you started thinking about it. <laughs> but but then but this kid he was like awesome at tracking down balls and get everything back. Mm -hmm. We'd have like rallies that'd be like twenty to thirty hits each. And oh sure, sure. Like, you know and who's and, gonna wear somebody down the most, and, right? And as a kid, I mean, you only have so much patience. So yeah, like, that's true. At some point. I had to go for something. You had to go for something. And then, you know, you're going for too much, and then they're one point closer. So it's Oh, like, sure, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you when you moved to the Twin Cities, uh, did you did you then kind of keep up with the tennis at the time? Or or they're just kind of like, you know, had your job that you did and then but you kind of kept it up and then you just kind of like in that respect with, with keeping it up or just kind of getting your job first established and then went back to it. Right. Yeah. Actually like in my twenties, I didn't really play tennis very much. And then I got into it a lot more in my thirties. Oh, okay. And, okay. And then there's a stretch where I played once or twice a week for about eight years. Okay. All right. And, and then, and then that's kind of where you started kind of developing more from from the tennis that you had and then having the racquetball racket that you were able to direct things a lot more with your game that you have uh, today. Right. You know, and, and you're one of the, you're one of the, uh, this guy is what a supreme court directional hitter he is. Because he, placement, and he can, you can hit it hard to him at the baseline and he'll like pick it up at the baseline and he'll put it down the line on the other side of the court. And, and you're going, how the heck did he hit that? Right. All timing because of the fact, probably how you grew up and having the racquetball and learning right. to maneuver that little small racket in directional right. uh, stuff yeah, with just, that. Just having good feel and right. Yeah. Just 
placement mm-hmm. and not not trying to hit it too hard really just oh sure hit in the right hit it hit it in the right direction and place right. that you would need to hit it at and everything which is right. which is always a good thing too right consistency me uh me i don't <laughs> have it right now i do not have it right now right. I haven't played in a while, but I just don't have it. Uh, just a little practice. Yeah, it's a, yeah that's true. You know, I played, I played, you know, another friend of ours, uh, Bruce Swanson, the other day, and it was yeah. like, oh my gosh, it was like, uh, what is this game? Do I have strings on my racket? Uh, whatever. So right. <laughs> crazy in that respect, too. Uh, but, you know, with that, now, did you then over the course of the years with that, did, uh, you know, I know that there's so many different tennis leagues here in, in the Minneapolis area. And you and I both at, at first kind of got into uh, um, like the uh, tennistour.org, uh, right. which was okay. And you could get on and get people to play, but it was only the people that only wanted to play right. in that. And so you would only have you know, a certain amount of people that you played, like four, five, six, seven, eight people. Right. And that's all you played because that's within the people you know that play. And then, of course, then, you know, another friend of ours, Scott Johnson, that kind right. of got into his own little league that he started. And uh, he was really good at it, too, and right. organizing it and getting it going. But, uh, you know, Scott is another person that's a Heck of a tennis player, too. Right. Yeah. You know, you could be on, he'll be willing to be on the court with you for three hours, right. three and a half hours, four hours, whatever if that's it what takes. it takes, yeah. <laughs> whatever it takes to win or, hit or right. whatever it is. Yeah, he but, definitely wants to win. Oh, he does definitely want to do that. And then I find it so amazing with Scott, too, is, is how he remembers points, too, through the, oh, right. I remember four years ago, I had a shot down the line on you and you hooked it on your, with your left hand and hit a cross court. But I came over, I dove and I landed on the court and I hit the volley for a winner or whatever. Right. He remembers that. He remembers that point from four years ago. Right. Yeah. He remembers statistics. <laughs> oh, he does. And he's really amazing with that too. Right. But you know, as, as things go, then uh, with that, you kind of ended up uh, uh, then in a sense, kind of uh, because he kind of, fell away with uh, having injuries and, and stuff right. and couldn't continue things. And so you ended up continuing with the, and organizing then the tennis league that you have right. now, which is called your modern Matt right. league right. is what it is, but you have a lot of people that are in that league now right. uh, with doing that. And, and you're, you know, the, and, and with the statistics that you do with it, too, that's really that's really a, an accomplishment that you can do and and give statistics and right. and percentages of shots and whatever you do. But that that's really pretty good that you've you've ended up taking it over and and doing such a good job with that, too, right. with with with, you know, other tennis leagues within the cities itself right. uh, that you do. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, I I have a math background and so like with the tennis matches i'd keep track of like the number of games one like the percentage people would have or like for the year how many sets they win or lose or just extra stats to, mm-hmm. to make it more fun oh sure absolutely yeah and and that kind of really makes it uh a, a well something that keeps you busy in between 
after you get off work or whatever, in between work or whatever it is, right. that, that makes it kind of nice to, to be able to do that kind of stat stuff um, right. with, with things like that too. So what's, what's your, what's your most favorable or memorable match that you've had with any particular person within the tennis league uh, growing up and coming to Minnesota and, and playing people that you've played with? Favorite match? Um Anyone that you probably won, but maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> or the favorite match that you lost <laughs> against the guy that went to the Minnesota University of Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite match. Um, but, yeah, I, I just like playing a, a variety of matches against people, whether it's singles or doubles. And mm -hmm. Just, you know, playing different combinations of matches with friends. And oh, sure. Saz always good at um, inviting friends to when we'd have doubles matches. Mm -hmm. So it'd be a fun match. So it'd be oh, an sure. even match. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Finding the right kind of people that, that join and, and to be able to hit with and, right. and, and all of that. So, cause I know a lot of players and then, mm -hmm. so that, so if you matched up people, like some people would have different strengths or weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you, if you put the right team together. Then oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Be a fun match. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, and, and you know that uh, I think here in the uh, Twin Cities, they have world team tennis uh, okay, yeah. teams that are set up in world team tennis, which you could probably put together a heck of a team for world team tennis in, in the Twin Cities and come go pretty far with that, right? you know, and everything. But that would be kind of cool, too, uh, to be able to do. Uh, right. and, and to be able to get into and, and work with that. So, uh, you know, and, and actually not very far. Well, actually, Springfield, Missouri has World Team Tennis in Springfield, Missouri, which is actually coming back this year, I think, to the home courts because of the pandemic year that they had. Uh, they're coming back to the home courts that they were playing in before oh. the pandemic. So, that'd be kind of a nice thing to go see too. Right. You know, to, to, to see that format and see, to be able to see the tennis pros. And it's, you know, it's, it's a very fun, exciting format with that too. Right. Uh, to be able to see, and then plus seeing the pros that you get to see too. Yeah. The pros are always fun. Oh yeah. They are always fun and, and everything. Now, have you been to any exhibition matches yourself here in the cities or through the years or um, I've gone to the, the Aquatennial. Oh, Aquatennial. The tennis the, on the the tennis on the yes, the right. tennis on the plaza. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, that a couple times. That was that was always a fun event to go see, to be able to see. I you know I think I saw John Mackey, one of the uh, he uh, Minnesota guy, uh, and played at one time. John Mackey, and he ended up winning it the whole thing. But but that was so interesting to be able to see that format to be unfolded and when people would be eating lunch on the little steps that they had right. they'd be eating their back bag lunch and you'd be able to watch tennis on a plaza and a bank plaza outside for right. that which was really really kind of fun thing to do right uh it's at the time fit a court in there. oh yeah it is and it just <laughs> roll out a carpet court and and play that carpet court. And yeah, it was really a, really a nice event uh, that they had with that. Right. And later on, they used to, they used to be able to, you used to be able to hook into the link and watch it live at one time. Mm 
uh, in whatever www.whatever and then you have to be able to watch it live or whatever so but that was always a fun event to be able to, to go to and watch and and everything i i went to it a couple of times and it was really fun to to watch but uh you know with, with that over you know over the years it's it's just there's so many uh because you probably grew up playing tennis i grew up playing tennis in the early 70s where Right. where people played all the time and you couldn't find a court unless you knew somebody wow, at the yeah. local courts. And you probably, what, in the like uh, 80s, yeah. early 80s, uh, 90s? Yeah, I would have started learning in the early 90s. Early 90s. And then and then that's whenever you kind of had to find people to, to be able to try right. to play with instead of just going to the court and Oh, there's somebody here. Let's hit, you know, and whatever, right. you know, and that's always a fun thing to do, to be able to hit with somebody that just like you go to the court and there they are. Right. You know, and everything, which which is always a, a good thing to do anyway, too, you know, uh, with that. But uh, but you know, it's always it's always such a fun sport kept kept me in shape over the years, too. And right. uh, always, always just uh, kept you active and and such a such a good sport to be in too right. uh you know to be able to play and have that have that within in in being able to play uh like like you do right uh in everything but uh with that in mind here and i also want to say that all you podcasters if you want to go see what i you know and go to my tennis channel tennis volley talk on youtube Go ahead and do that. And then here very soon, I'll be showing you a record of the day for you podcasters. So you can also go and if you want to see what I'm talking about with the racket of the day, you can always go to my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk, and subscribe. Let me know what you think, uh, what you want me to talk about or whatever the, the case may be. Uh, you know, feel, feel welcome to do so. Uh, but, uh, you know, with that in, in mind, I'm going to bring out now what this is, is actually called the signature racket. And what this is, is a Slozenger racket, which Slozenger is a company that is actually, you know, 1800s or so, uh, that actually used to send their rackets to the United Kingdom to actually have their frames made into tennis rackets before in late 1940s that they decided, 50s, they decided to then, um, uh, then to have them made in the U.S. Uh, and exclusively distribute them within the United States. Now, this happens to be a Ken Rosewall racket that was endorsed by Ken Rosewall, Slazinger, and uh, it's actually it was actually made, and it says on right here, but there it just it says it's made in England, and it was actually expressively sold uh, for Sears and Roebuck Company, where you would get this racket at at the time, and I would think probably this is this is probably with with the 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 little wrap around here and stuff you're probably in this that right there and i don't know if you know what that means like oh that little 
uh, string right there means? I don't know. Okay. Well, what that means is you can see that it has a knot right there, but you turn it over and it's smooth on this side. Okay. Smoother or not for a spin a serve. Yeah. So if it was, I'll take the knots. Okay. So, or I'll well, take smooth. better for spin. Yeah, for knots, spin. You know? Yeah. Then what it is now, you oh, just okay. spin the racket and it goes down on the court and you know, okay, it could damage the racket. But anyway, but this racket's probably, I would say, you're probably late 40s, mid 50s in that area with with what Ken Rosewall, because Ken Rosewall was playing up until uh, 1974-ish. Uh, not very much more past that because Connors beat him in Wimbledon in two, I think two sets straight uh, in Wimbledon. But uh, this is the racket of the day. Uh, Ken Rosewall endorsed a uh, Slazenger racket uh, made in England and made for and shipped to sold to be sold at Sears and Robot Company. So that is the racket of the day for you. And remember, you podcasters, if you want to take a look at what I'm talking about, just be sure and go to my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk, uh, and give me a comment and see what you think and let me know. And you YouTubers, uh, go to my channel and let me know what you comment. Let me know what you want me to talk about. Uh, and, and stuff. But, uh, you know, with that, it, it's, it's always a pleasure just having people in, in house with me. Right. And, and I do appreciate you coming in with and talking with me tonight. Uh, and, uh, and, and just, you know, hope that uh, the tennis career keeps on going for you. Right. And, and I thank you very much for joining me in, in my podcast. And, and I uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Brian. Oh, you're so welcome. You have a good day and keep on playing. Right. <laughs> and everybody else, keep on playing. It's getting nice out. So get out there, hit those, hit those tennis balls and keep on getting on that court. Thank you very much. And you have a very nice uh, day and night wherever you are. Thank you.